morning, everyone. Um, as always, it's a, it is a privilege to be able to come here and, and be together with the brothers and sisters in Christ and to uh, worship our Lord and Saviour and to come together and uh, read uh, His Word and learn from His Word. So um, thank you, um, Craig, for acknowledging the mothers uh, in, our, in our congregation today. We do appreciate you all. And it is um, your blessing to us and, and I'm sure to your children. So thank you. But today we're going to have a step back from our current study in 2 Samuel. And being Mother's Day, I wanted to take the opportunity to look at a mother in the Bible. So we're going to look at Jochebed, the mother of Moses in Exodus chapter 2. Now, um, on Tuesday, we have our young adults home group. And um, Lisa and I are incredibly blessed to be able to be a part of that. We've got some really lovely, cool young adults. And I was just talking with the guys. We're having a bit of a, a time of prayer. And, um, and I said, look, I'd really appreciate your prayers. Um, I'm speaking on, on Sunday, and I, I haven't actually got it all completed or anything yet. There's still quite a bit to do. And they said, what are you preaching on? I said, oh, I'm preaching on Jochebed, um, Moses' mother. And... Then, so that was great. And then, then there was a bit of a laugh because they said, Gavin, if you step, stand up there on Sunday and you don't preach on Jochebed, um, we will know that you have not done the work and you have not completed the studies that you are going to do. So bearing that in mind and thinking about that, I'm really looking forward to the study on Ruth today. <laughs> no, I have, I have done some work. So we'll look at Exodus. So if you could turn with me to Exodus 2. Um, second book of the Bible. And we're going to look at verses uh, 1 through to 10. Now, um, when Exodus 2, we read about this woman of faith, Jochebed, the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer here, just because it is Mother's Day and just because we are looking at a mother in the Bible, this does not mean that this message is not relevant to the other half of the congregation that aren't females. This message is a message for all of us, men and women, boys and girls, old and young. When no one gets a free pass to have a nap today, this is for everyone. So as we look at Jochebed, the overarching theme of this message uh, this morning, is living a legacy life for the Lord. So what's a legacy? A legacy is what people will remember you for, the mark you leave on other people when you aren't here anymore. So what is our legacy? Are our lives pointing people to Jesus? Do our lives glorify the Lord in what we do and what we say? Are we striving to leave a legacy for the Lord or for ourselves? And as we look at the story of Jochebed, we see a woman of faith who put her trust in God and a woman who shared her God story with those around her. And through this, she left a godly legacy that impacted human history. So let's read Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through to 10. It says, and a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, 
and she saw that he was a beautiful child. She hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. When she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get a nurse for you from the Hebrew woman that may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maidens went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and became, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, because I drew him out of the water. So this, just to get a bit of a context of where we are um, in Israel's history here, and we get a really good context of that in Exodus chapter 1, um, but just a, an overview of that. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the um, three great uh, fathers of the faith. They, um, Jacob had 12 sons, which became the 12, sons, uh, 12 tribes of Israel, and Joseph was one of those sons. Joseph um, was then was, uh, sold to, um, into slavery by his brothers and um, was uh, bought as a slave in Egypt. But God providentially uses this. Joseph becomes the second highest, most powerful person in Egypt, only to the pharaoh. Um, famine hits, and his brothers come down to buy grain from Egypt. They don't realize who, that it's Joseph, and they, in the time they do, and Joseph um, asks for his father Jacob and all his family to be brought down to Egypt to live. Um, and so they do that. Seventy of them come down to live in Egypt. Now. Um, as time goes on, as a nation and as a people, they become um, very numerous. And then a new pharaoh who didn't know about Joseph takes power. And he sees that the Israelites are now becoming a great nation. And they are a bigger number. And he's scared that they may attack Egypt. Um, if someone else attacks them, they may side with the enemy. So he chooses to put them into slavery. And he hammers them. He gets them building cities and everything but they still multiply in number. They still become bigger and bigger as a nation. So then he has another thought. He'll get the Hebrew midwives to kill the baby boys when they're born. At the time of birth, that they'll kill all the baby boys of the Hebrews, but the, the Hebrew midwives wouldn't do that. They honoured God before they honoured the, the Pharaoh. And so that didn't work. So then he makes a decree that every um, Hebrew boy, um, when they're born, will be thrown into the Nile River to be eaten by crocodiles. And that's where we come to now. So that's where we are when we come to Moses' birth. Um, and it's about 350 years after Jacob and his family came to Egypt. So Moses is a man, or is a baby, not a man, he's a baby at this stage. Moses is a baby born into slavery and his parents sit under an edict 
from the king to throw him into the Nile River when he is born. So let's look at Jochebed. Now, she's really interesting. We don't read a lot about Jochebed, to be fair, uh, in Scripture. She's mentioned four times and only twice by name. But she left a massive legacy for the Lord. Um, and interestingly, Jochebed is not mentioned by name at all in Exodus 2. But we do know that it's her because we're told this in Exodus 6.20 where it says, Now Amram, her husband, took for himself Jochebed, his father's sister, as wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. And in Numbers 26.59 we read that the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And, Amram, and to Amram, she, bought, she bore Aaron and Moses and their sister Miriam. So we know that Jochebed is a daughter of Levi, Jacob's third son, Leah, and was born in Egypt. Now the Levites became the priestly tribe, and so they have a really special role amongst the people of Israel. We know that she was married to Amram, which Exodus 6.20 tells us was her nephew, or his aunt. Now, in Hamilton in 2021, if you're sitting here and you're thinking that it would be really cool to marry your aunt or your nephew, not cool. Um, not good. Um, we can't do that. Uh, but in that time, in that culture, doing that was perfectly acceptable, perfectly fine. We read that she was the mother of Aaron, um, of Moses and Aaron and Miriam. Moses became one of the greatest leaders ever. Aaron became Israel's first high priest. Miriam was a gifted poet and musician, and she is closely entwined and associated with her brothers in the book of Exodus. So all the children of Jochebed grew up to be faithful servants of God, a testament to a faithful and God-fearing mother who inputted into their lives. In the meaning of her name, Jochebed, means glory of Jehovah, or Jehovah is our glory. And she's the first person in Scripture recorded to have a name that included Jehovah in its meaning. And this is before that God announces himself to Moses as I am, or Jehovah, at the burning bush. So did Moses uh, call his mother glory of Jehovah when he looked back while writing the book of Exodus and remembered his godly mother? Or is it a name she gave herself as she connected herself to her one true God, the God of Israel? Was it a name um, given to her from her God-fearing, faithful parents? We don't know. But either way, her name, Jochebed, points to who her faith and trust is in. The God of Israel, Jehovah, I am. In Exodus 2.2, 2, um, it tells us, that she bore a son, and he was a beautiful child. Now, this is interesting because most mothers think that their newborn child is beautiful. My granddad, he thought we looked like skinned rabbits. But most mothers would say their child looks beautiful. Um, but there must have been something extra special about this baby, about this baby Moses, something different about him that set him apart from other babies. Acts 7.20 says he was well-pleasing to God or exceedingly fair or lovely in the sight of God, depending on your translation. 
And Hebrew 11, Hebrews 11.23 says he's a beautiful child or a goodly child. Your Bible may have um, something similar. In the Hebrew and Greek languages, use different terms again. They say exceptional, divinely fair, and well-born. So there's something different about this child. There's something special about the baby Moses. Um, last Sunday, Mike and I were talking about me doing this message, and we we're having a bit of a laugh about this, that um, we kind of let our creative minds kind of go about what this baby may have looked like. And we wondered whether Moses might have just kind of had this heavenly glow about him when he was, when he was a little baby. Or maybe, maybe when um, the, the angels sang when they pulled back the little blanket. So you can kind of imagine what that would be like. This is all just me making this up. I have no idea if it's right. But you can imagine what that could have been like. He could have been like, they, they're sitting there and they're like, honey, can you go check the baby? And it's like, yeah, sure. And it's kind of like, la, 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 la. She's all good. He's looking good. We don't know, but we know that there is something special about this baby. And Jochebed would have seen that God had made this baby special. And in faith, she sets about to protect and look after it, as God had led her to. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is having complete trust and confidence in God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we see this in Jochebed? We see in faith, she purposely defied Pharaoh's edict to throw her baby boy into the Nile, because she trusted God that he had a plan for her son. She kept him hidden for three months until she couldn't hide him anymore. And regardless of how beautiful he was or how his face might have glowed or his angels sang when they lifted up the blankets, whatever, he was still a baby that cries and he makes noises and that it was impossible to hide him. Her faith and trust in God put her and her family in danger because they had been found with a baby boy. They all could have been punished. Because of this faith in God, Jochebed and her husband are mentioned amongst the great heroes and heroines of the faith in Hebrews 11.23, which says, by faith, Moses was, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So we can assume that she knew that the princess would bathe in that area when she um, came, the princess came to bathe. So she cleverly designed a mini ark to preserve the life of her young son and trusted God to protect him when she placed him in the bulrushes of the Nile River. And in faith, she positioned her daughter nearby to watch what would happen. Now, I can't imagine any mother who would choose to set their, their daughter um, on watch duty if she thinks that the sibling is going to get eaten by crocodiles. I, I just, it's just not going to happen. So we, have, we can see here that she has faith that God is going to do something to protect the young baby. 
And at this point, there is nothing that she can do but trust God. It is out of her hands and into the hands of the Almighty. And you know what? God does do something. In his providence, he uses an idolater princess to save his chosen future leader from the Nile River. He gives Jochebed back her son to nurse him until he is old enough to live in the palace. God can use whom he chooses to use in his plans. Sometimes he uses believers. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he graciously answers our prayers the way we would hope for. And sometimes he doesn't. But it's his choice. What we can know for sure is that he has a plan and he is sovereign. God honoured the faithful Jochebed and gave her back her son. She had faith that God was more powerful than Pharaoh and his evil decrees. She had faith that God could do what would seem impossible. And through her faith and trust in God, she was used to spare the life of the future leader of Israel, one of the great servants of God. The interesting thing is if we, asked, if we were asked who left the greatest legacy for the Lord between Moses and Jochebed, most of us would say that it was Moses. He was a great leader and a lawgiver for Israel. He met God personally on the mountain. He is mentioned 784 times in the Bible. Jochebed is mentioned four times. Moses definitely left in an amazing legacy for the God, for God. But so did Jochebed. Without her faithfulness to obey God and to, to do all she could to protect the special child and to then trust God to do the rest, the history of Israel may have been totally different. Now, this is the amazing thing about God. He uses us all in different ways. Jochebed was a slave in a foreign land, and he used her to be, one of the, be the mother of one of Israel's great leaders. Moses was called to be a leader of Israel. Jochebed was called to raise that leader. Each role is just as important in God's eyes. Ephesians 4.11 says to us, He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And praise God for this. This is a great calling. But for some, he uses to pray when others can't. He calls others to be a light in the business world. Some he will use to get alongside the hurting and be a listening ear. Some he will use to be a godly parent. Some he will use in schools and universities and wintechs to be the friend to someone who is struggling. Some he will use as to be an encourager. He can use all of us in different ways if we're willing to let him. That's where our faith and trust in God kicks in. Like Jochebed, when we step out in faith to do what God wants us to do, we start living a life that points people to Jesus. There's a story of a... Um, a young man, 17 years of age, growing up in London. He, um, he's with 
a group of his friends and they're in the park and they're um, playing a gambling game. And along uh, past, in the park walks an older gentleman who's going to a Bible study. He sees, the, sees these young men and he goes over to them and he asks them if they would like to come to his Bible study today. Most of them scarper and take off. Two of them decide that, yeah, we'll come to your Bible study. So they come. And then after, after coming again, one of them is wonderfully saved. And from that point on, as a 17-year-old man, lives their life serving their saviour. That, that young man um, went through the war, served, came to New Zealand and became a, um, an evangelist and lay preacher uh, throughout New Zealand. Many were um, blessed by his ministry. Many came to know the Lord through his ministry. The man is um, Lisa, my wife's grandfather. Some of you will know him. His name was Alf Martin, some of you older folk, you know. And he had a wonderful legacy. He left a wonderful legacy for the Lord uh, in New Zealand. He's left a, um, we're now, my children are now the fourth generation of that line of the Lord working in his heart of, um, of Christian families. It's been a real blessing. But we sometimes in that story can forget the legacy of the man who took the time to go and speak to a 17-year-old boy doing gambling games in the park. That legacy of that man, I don't know his name, but that legacy of that man, um, he would never have known that the boy, that he, the young man he was speaking to in the park doing gambling games would come to the other side of the world and reach people for Christ in New Zealand. But God did. God knew. God had a plan, and he used that man to reach into the life of Alf Martin. Now, we don't know how God will use the little things he asks us to do in faith. We don't know if the person sitting next to us at work or school that God is nudging us to speak to and share our faith with. We don't know the plan that God has for that person. But God does. And he calls us, and it's our job, to, be faith, to faithfully do what he wants us to do and to trust him to do the rest. So a takeaway from this is that God uses faithful and trusting believers to do small and great things for him. God uses faithful and trusting believers to do small and great things for him. Let's have a look at these verses in verses 9 and 10. Um, so the Pharaoh's daughter has come, and she's seen the, seen the baby. Um, Miriam has gone and got uh, um, the baby's mother, Jochebed. And then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, uh, verse 9, then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child um, and nursed him, and the child grew. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called um, his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Now, Jochebed here is given a providential opportunity by God to get her son back. But more importantly, 
the opportunity to input godly truths into his young life. And in the culture of this time, um, Moses would probably have been around somewhere between five and seven years old when Jacob would, uh, Jacob had took her back um, to the Pharaoh, took him back to the Pharaoh's daughter to be raised as her son. So this gives Jochebed plenty of time to tell Moses about the history of Israel, about the one true God. She can tell him about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. She can tell him about creation, about Abel, Cain and Abel, about Noah and the flood. She can tell him about the Tower of Babel. She can tell him about Joseph's providential story of slavery and redemption and all the other stories that make up the history of Israel. She would have told him that the God of his fathers was a real, relational, and true God who spoke to, loved, and cared for his people. In Acts 7.22, it says that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. So we know that Moses would have been going to the Egyptian schools as soon as he was kind of taken back Um, by um, the the Pharaoh's daughter. He would have been growing up and taught in these schools. So the godly truths told by Jochebed to Moses when he was a young boy would have stayed with him as he grew up in Pharaoh's court. And it would have acted as a truthful balance against all the superstitions and errors he would have been taught in those Egyptian schools. In Acts 7.23, it recalls Exodus 2.11, which says, in Acts 7.23 says, Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand but they did not. They did not understand. So even as an adult, the godly truth that Jochebed installed in him as a young boy was having a lasting effect on his life. He knew he was a Hebrew. He cared for his brethren, and he knew that God had a plan for his life. And as John Phillips wrote, the universities of Egypt, the temptations of the palace, The lure of position, power, wealth, and the possibility of a worldly throne never erased his mother's training. We can't overlook the importance of Jochebed's input into the life of Moses. Under her influence and teaching, she shaped his belief in the Creator God. Little question. Hands up. you, you will actually participate in this. It doesn't hurt. A little question. Hands up all those who grew up in a Christian family. Fantastic. Praise God for the legacy of Christian influence in your life. It is truly a privilege. Now, hands up all those who didn't grow up in a Christian family. Praise God that he has raised you up and that you have the opportunity to start a new branch in God's family tree. This is truly a wonderful privilege. When I was growing up, 
we had, I grew up in a little country school, little country area, uh, halfway between Auckland and Whangarei. And we had a school of, I think, 68 kids. And um, we used to have Bible in schools, as often you did back then. Now, we had a Bible in schools teacher who came, and, and he was just a young guy. He's in his 20s. And, and he was really cool because he had this, this ventriloquist puppet. Um, and I'm not going to sing a song that he used to sing, but it was really funny. But um, he, took, he came as a guy in his 20s um, to a little country school, which from the nearest town is half an hour away from the nearest town. So he traveled at least that distance, maybe more, um, to bring Bible in schools to our little class. He faithfully did this year in, year out, uh, an hour a week, um, and with very little thanks and appreciation from those that were there. I, I know that from first hand. But there must have been so many times that this guy would have wondered, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And the interesting thing is I bumped into him years later. I bumped into him at a church in Auckland and told him how he had impacted my life. And as a child, how the words he had shared had played a part in me becoming a Christian. He had faithfully served his God. And he didn't know the effect that it had, but it did. And sometimes we see the effect of how God uses us in the lives of others, but sometimes we don't. But if we are faithful in what God calls us to do, whether big or small, God will use it. Friends, whose life do we have an input into? Whose life do we have an impact into? And is that impact that we are having, is it a godly impact? Is the influence we have, whether large or small, helping them to know our Saviour more? As I've worked through this study on Jochebed, I've been really challenged to look at my own life and to look at what the impact is that I am having on others. How is the life that I am living um, showing others the God that I love and serve? Are the things that I do and the words that I say leaving a legacy that points not to self, but to my Saviour? Am I faithfully taking the opportunities that God gives me? Many times I look at that and I would say no. But praise God, we serve a faithful God. He uses us when we stumble. He uses us um, in ways that we don't know. Friends, may we be like Jochebed and faithfully serve God in whatever way he has called us to, trusting him to do what we cannot and sharing his love, his grace and his mercy into the lives of those he brings across our path. May we live lives that leave a legacy for the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you're a God um, who uses us in ways we, we just don't know. Lord, we praise you that you have a plan and that you are sovereign. And Lord, may we have hearts um, that desire to be a light for you, a light for you in our family, a light for you in our workplace, 
um, our schools, our universities, Lord, may we have faithfully desire to serve you. And through our lives, may people not see us, but may they see our Saviour. And this we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.